Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Sundays, uh, there comes a time when uh, I'm able to slip out of here and spend some time with some of our, our teenage kids and, and work on something we commonly refer to in the Salvation Army as the junior soldiers. And we have this funny wrinkle of kids right now that are kind of right on the cusp of becoming senior soldiers and yet uh, not quite old enough to take on that designation. But as they prepare for that step, I've sort of felt this heartfelt need to sort of get into what our doctrines tell us. In the back of our songbook on what used to be called the last printed page, now there's a mission statement in there that sort of takes away that title, but near the very last of the, Bi- uh, the Bible, the, of the red songbook, uh, there's a list of the Salvation Army doctrines. One of those doctrines, the sixth doctrine, says, we believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has by his suffering and death made an atonement for the whole world so that whosoever will may be saved. Well, there's a bunch of religious elitists that have sort of plagued our world for for centuries, really, and and some people have really even believed that they had sort of an inside track on their way to heaven and, and to God. Well, I hate to say it, but that belief is alive and well even today. Some religions claim to have really figured it out, I guess. 
Well, some denominations even spend more time dissecting the beliefs of other denominations than truly understanding their own beliefs. But the Bible teaches something very, very different. Whoever in the Bible is an all-inclusive term. In other words, no one is left out, not one. The worst sinner, the vilest criminal, the most deceitful executive, the most hard-hearted parent, everyone's included. In whoever, the word whoever, that statement includes everyone. You, you are also included in the whoever statements. And when you read the Bible, you can substitute your name for any instance where you see that, whoever. Well, the story goes that a church was debating the amenities that were going to be included in a new multi-purpose facility. And after a lot of discussions, and any of you who have sat on committees know exactly what I'm talking about, after a lot of discussion, the decision was made to eliminate some recreational equipment. And the reason that they cited was because, well, the church leaders just didn't want the facility to become a hangout for the less desirable, shall we say, in the community. Well, this church didn't, it was obvious really, that they didn't take into whoever, as the statements are stated in the Bible. And John 13 reads exactly as this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Won't you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you so much that we don't have to qualify. We just have to say, yes, Lord, I have sinned. I am a sinner. But if I put you in my heart, Lord, I know that I can do better. And with that simple request, Lord, you've given us grace. And you've given us the ability to walk with you in heaven on the golden streets. And help us now, Lord, as we learn something more about what it is to walk that walk. Help us to know that we can be part of the whoever. And we don't have to segregate out anyone else. And Lord, all who see us, it's our prayer today that they might see you as well. For we pray this in your name. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to sing a tune that is probably at least moderately familiar to your ears. And the band's going to give us just a little bit of introduction so that whosoever will may come. You don't even have to be uh, a Ph.D., You don't have to be some kind of a fancy schmancy uh, executive person who takes lots of money (laughs) for what they do. You get to be whoever you are, and the holy mercy seat will drag you out of whatever sin is covering up your life and wash it away. Whosoever will may come. Let's hear the band's introduction, and then we'll sing it together. financial times, there's a lot of people who are getting just a little more poor and a lot of people who are getting more brokenhearted. But there's hope. Wow. There's hope. And they need never have a fear because the Lord's going to just lift you up. If you just keep leaning on him, he's going to buoy you up in the toughest of times. He's promised it and he never lets his promises down. Let's sing together on that fourth verse. Thank you. 
God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. Follow me with the uh, responsive scripture. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, 
But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Whoever comes to me I will never drive away. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. God's gospel has a whoever policy. We need to know this. The downturns of life can create such a sad state of affairs that we wonder if God still wants us. God takes you however he finds you. No need to clean up or climb up. Just look up. God's whoever policy has a however benefit. It also features a whenever clause. Whenever you hear God's voice, he welcomes your response. Thank you for the responsive reading. If you don't mind, I'd like to speak for just a second. Uh, since we, the next thing on the program is testimonies, I want to say hi to the Mowers. This is Pam saying hi. Uh, I also wanted to thank everyone for all of their concerns and prayers for me when in November uh, ambulatory surgery closed and I had to was forced to move to the floor. And I still need your prayers because I'm going to go to to North at the end of this month, and that will be another new adventure, but all my friends tell me that's where I would be better off, so I'm still hoping that that's correct. And I did pass my 40-year mark. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. And as she said, we're now going to have um, testimony time. We're going to sing, Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart. We're going to sing the first verse and then be ready because we're going to move along today. but I can't think today. <laughs> After being gone for several weeks due to a fall that my husband had, it was wonderful to come back for just a little while last week. I didn't realize how much uh, you miss people and a place and an experience until you have to be gone for a while. My theme for this year has been about uh, relationship. And uh, I found through all of this time of being away from all of the things that are familiar that it's the relationship that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ that really is the center of your life. And so uh, you can go through anything. And my husband is, is probably thinking anything is right because he's had some uh, ridiculous things that have happened to him even uh, since he's had his injury. My daughter will probably tell you if I can't. The one thing I would like to say is thank you to all of you for your prayers and your concern. It's shown in your phone calls and your cards and your expressions of love. And I can't say enough for our amazing, awesome kids who have even come in and given the grouchy caretaker overnight respite so that uh, she can be on her feet. So I just thank the Lord. Now, one last thing I have to tell on the microphone holder. Sometimes uh, the young people in the core get uh, the bad word, you know just those kids. I just have to tell you that uh, last week when my husband is finishing up his soldiership class and he uh, was struggling to get the pencils picked up and the notebooks and everything, the one-armed man that he is right now, 
uh, Josie stepped to the forward, and she said, here, let me help you with that. And she stayed with him right till the last minute, made sure every pencil was in its place, every notebook put away. Thank you, Josie. We have a bunch of fine teenagers. Well, I have a praise report today. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm glad that uh, God helped me become a mediocre trombone player because it was a little easier to pick this back up and play it again, uh, which I enjoy doing. Um, I had a, my six-month visit with my um, cardiac surgeon on Thursday. Um, I had a uh, echocardiogram. And for those of you who don't know what an echocardiogram is, they take a thing that looks something like a, a pen and they try to push it from the front of your chest to your backbone <laughs> so that they can get a shot at your heart. I have a nice big blue uh, bruise from it and a new appreciation for what it means to have a mammogram, I guess. <laughs> um, that was for you, Major John. <laughs> um, I had very good news. My echocardiogram showed that um, I have a very small portion of the very bottom of my heart, which was affected by my heart attack. Uh, it's a portion of the heart that isn't involved in pumping blood. Uh, so uh, people like me can do very nicely without it. I'm, about, uh, I'm, I'm well within the normal ranges for the amount of blood that's flowing through my heart. The doctor said that uh, I don't have to have any particular restrictions other than to continue my good uh, practice of portion control in my diet. <laughs> and uh, So um, I, I, I am indeed thankful that um, God saw fit to uh, take me to a committed pharmacist and to deliver me to a gifted surgeon who took the few moments it took to decide not to have to cut me all the way open and uh, minimize my recovery time. Um, but uh, more important than anything else is that uh, I, this will be difficult for me to say, bear with me. Um, as much as I would hate to die and miss out on all the earthly pleasures that God has provided to me, if he calls me home, <clears throat> I am uh, ready to make that trip. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a little clearer recollection of what it's all like than I did the last time. Um, but uh, I, I, thank, uh, I thank God for his mercy and for the wonderful family that he gave me and the good friends who came to see me including my good pastor here. And, uh, but most importantly, for his gift of Jesus that <clears throat> makes it possible for me to uh, say that I'm ready to uh, go to heaven and add my voices to those who sing Hosanna all the time. God bless family. My name is Marshall Jenkins, and uh, I just want to give glory and honor to God at this present time because he is the head of my life. Right now, uh, I just want to thank the opportunity to come in fellowship with y'all. I want to let y'all know, too, I'm taking soldier class. And I took it last time, and, and uh, God was revealing some things to me. But me being in the haste to do other things, I lost a connection that I shouldn't have never lost. So at this present time, I'm going through the classes, and I'm asking God right now to lead me and direct me in the path that I should go. So I'm praying to be a part of a soldier. So I'm just giving it over to God, and I just thank y'all once again for giving me an opportunity to come out here and fellowship and worship with y'all. Amen. Amen. Josie, <clears throat> I, I believe Penny, and then after Penny, then we will um, sing the next verse and have another opportunity. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, I know la I spoke the last time we had testimony, but um, and my husband, when I sat down, my husband said a woman a few words. But <laughs> God, I can't help it. God has really been good to me. And I'm just excited that we are a part of an organization that helps so many people. Um, 
I had a few bad, um, well, I was a member of a couple of churches and had some bad experiences. And, you know, you feel, and raised up in the church, you, you don't see it as much. But when you come, um, when you get older, you see a lot of things that just aren't of God. And I remember the last church I left, I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to do this church thing anymore. <laughs> you know, I'll just have a relationship with God and read my Bible and treat people right and be as Christ-like as I can, you know, um, just looking to him to direct me. And like the gentleman said, God has a plan for each and every one of our lives, and it's a great plan. And when we veer off that plan, um, we are going to have to suffer the consequences. And when we get back on that road, we can repent and ask God for forgiveness and get right back in line with what he has for us, and he'll just open doors. And this is an open door. My brother went through the program. Well, he hasn't completed it, but this time he will. And he invited me here, and I've loved it ever since. And then my husband came, and he liked it. And and I said, gosh, I didn't think I was going to be in a church anymore. But God had a different plan. And just to be in a church without strife, I know we're new, and you know we maybe there, there are some things that are going on, but on the surface, <laughs> I mean, everyone is kind, they embraced us, and just so much love, and it's exciting to be a part of something like that, because I must say, I've been in a lot of churches, there's over 500 churches in Flint, and I'm not saying I've been to all of them, but... But you don't see this. You don't see the love that the Salvation Army shows and how they are just the outreach and feeding and and just being there. I mean, so Christ-like, and this is what God wants us to do. So I believe Salvation Army is a true epitome of what Christ would have us all to be. And I just thank God for you guys. Okay, let's sing. Hit it. Good morning. I am uh, I am grateful, grateful that I always have the opportunity of being able, even though in pain, I can come and feel good by being here amongst you. I just thank God for giving me discernment to know that he is there, that he can provide for me, all of what I need to maintain just one more day. And that's today. And I thank him. Thank you, Harry. I just want to give a praise report that uh, praying without ceasing is a mother's duty to her children. And uh, Mark did make it to Germany, and he's had some problems and some different uh, things with his classes, but... uh, even though his name is Schulteis, he doesn't know German. <laughs> and he's found that he needs to know that, very much so. But uh, the praise is that he's there and his attitude is very good. And uh, he is learning a lot. And I thank my family for all of their prayers for him. I want to take an opportunity to thank all of you for all the support and love you've given me. And the loss of my parents, the last um, losing them both within six months. But I'm so happy that um, they brought me up to, um, to teach me and be great examples of a Christian. And um, um, I am a very fortunate 
individual to have that in my life. I know a lot of people don't, and they don't have good fathers, so they carry that over to how they perceive God in general. But I can tell you, he's a loving God, and uh, I've had lots of opportunities in my life to walk in all different kinds of places and be in all those um, situations that everybody thinks is so wonderful sometimes, but I can tell you that there's nothing there and that you will be miserable. So um, you will, God has a way of just reeling you back in. I think that's what we all know, and we try and say when we stand up um, that God loves us and he calls us over and over and over again. And um, I just want to thank all of you and thank God. I have a lot of praise for the Lord this morning. In 1997, I uh, came down with cancer with the lymph nodes. Now, the good thing about this, I come in here in pain because of this shoulder. I'm in pain virtually all day. But when I pick up that horn or I pick up a baton, all of a sudden the pain is gone. I'm concentrating on the music. Uh, I may not play it very well, but I'm concentrating on it, and it just takes the pain away. And I think that's an act of God, because it helps me enjoy what I really enjoy. So thank you for the time. Thank I you, appreciate Doug. it, and I feel good about it. Thank you. All right, we'll sing the last verse. <laughs>
people of Israel to be saved. I know they love God, but they don't understand what makes people acceptable to Him. So they refuse to trust God, and they try to be acceptable by obeying the law. But Christ makes the law no longer necessary for those who become acceptable to God by faith. Moses said that a person could become acceptable to God by obeying the law. He did this when he wrote, If you want to live, you must do all that the law commands. But people whose faith makes them acceptable to God will never ask, Who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down? Neither will they ask, Who will go down into the world of the dead to raise him to life. All who are acceptable because of their faith simply say, the message is as near as your mouth or your heart. And this is the same message we preach about faith. So you will be saved if you honestly say, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe with all your heart that God raised him from death, God will accept you and save you if you truly believe this and tell it to others. The scriptures say that no one who has faith will be disappointed no matter if that person is a Jew or a Gentile. There is only one Lord and he is generous to everyone who asks for his help. All who call out to the Lord will be saved. How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? And how can anyone tell them without being sent by the Lord? The scriptures say it is a beautiful sight to see even the feet of someone coming to preach the good news. It is true that heaven's whosoever policy has never been popular with everyone, especially with some believers like you and me. It seems that some of us want to decide for ourselves who is worthy of God's love and forgiveness and who isn't. For some folks, the problem is that God just comes across as being just too gracious. There are people who can't even accept for themselves, God's grace. They can't believe that God could possibly love them or forgive them because of the sin that they've allowed in their lives. Maybe, maybe you're one of those people. On the other hand, others think themselves too worthy or not really needing God's grace because they've lived such good moral lives. 
I want you to know that both uh, of these ways of thinking are wrong. Romans 3.23 sets the record straight once and for all when it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Trust me. Trust me. If you're living with sin in your life, you are no better or worse than anyone else living with that same kind of sin. You see, we're all in this together. We're all on the same level playing field. The truth is we all need God's forgiveness. We all need His salvation and the hope that it brings. And the good news is that, according to God's Word, it's available to anyone and everyone. And that's whether you or I like it or not. So let's get the easy part out of the way. The whosoever part of God's plan of salvation. You can accept it, you can reject it, or you can simply contemplate this truth. But whatever your conclusion, God's word is clear. God loves everyone. And his offer of salvation is open to anyone, anywhere, at any time. Now maybe in your mind you can picture a person and, uh, and you're questioning, does God even love this person, this, this terrible person? Let me tell you, the answer is yes. God loves that person. I don't mean to imply that God takes sin lightly because your sin and my sin cost him the life of his one and only son. But God sent Jesus to this earth knowing exactly what would happen. And he did it because he loves us. I think Romans 10, 11 through 13 is a beautiful expression of heaven's whosoever policy, especially when you take that in tandem with John 3.16. John 3.16 says in part, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever... Now put that along... Side Romans 11, uh, 10, 11 through 13. Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let me be crystal clear on this once again. No one is left out of God's plan of grace and his offer of salvation. Not the murderer or the rapist or the terrorist or the drug addict or the homosexual. Not even the person staring back at you in the mirror every morning. Each is within the reach of God's grace and God's salvation. But let's not stop there. Because not only does God want you and me saved... He also wants us to help get others saved. How did you get to this point in your life, spiritually? That this point where you've experienced God's redeeming love. I would guess that uh, most of us who have a personal relationship with Jesus were introduced to him by a friend, a relative, a member, uh, a, a pastor, a, an officer. Raise your hand if someone led you to the Lord or at least pointed you in his direction. That's pretty much all of us, isn't it? Pretty much all of us. Romans 10.1 is a good prayer for each of us to remember. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Now you can take the word Israelites and substitute any name that you want to um, put in there. It'll work just fine. Just put in the name of someone in your circle of influence who needs to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Someone who's regularly on your heart because you so desperately want that person to be saved. As Romans ten fourteen through 15 says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, sometimes sinners need a saint to lead the way. How are they going to be saved? How are they going to believe? How are they supposed to know about Christ and His redeeming love if you and I don't do something about it? Don't tell them. If the people of the Flint Citadel Salvation Army aren't known for their beautiful feet, then maybe we're not really worth knowing. Let me say again, God wants us to get saved. And He wants us to help others get saved too. Some of you can win people with your words by telling them about Jesus. Some of you are really good with with words, with uh, speaking to people. Some of you can win people through baking or crafts or some other act of, of simple kindness. Others of you can win your friends by spending time with them hunting, fishing, skiing, walking, camping, I'm told even golfing. Use every method that you can to win someone to the kingdom. You can do it by writing notes on cards or letters or emails or phone calls. All I ask is that you seek the Holy Spirit's will and then get busy doing something. And don't forget our, um, our Amazing Grace CD. If you don't know what to say and, and you don't have it all down pat, um, the booklet in here is specifically designed to, to help lead a person to a knowledge and to a faith in Jesus Christ. So uh, you can just give someone this and ask them to look at the booklet, listen to the music, but read the booklet and then you can follow up with them. There are still copies here on the holiness table. Don't forget to, um, to use that tool as well. Here's a challenging thought from General Frederick Coots. What is the life of holiness but the endeavor as God gives us grace to translate the gospel we preach into a pattern of daily living? I like that. It's practical. You see, evangelism isn't just cornering people and scaring them into eternity, though if they properly understood their predicament, they would have good reason to be afraid. It's also about expressing the love that you've experienced from your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ and sharing it with others who who you come into contact with. Sometimes words are helpful in sharing love, but more often acts of simple kindness will work much better. The truth is, in the final analysis, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And He is ready to save anyone. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, white or black, young or old. We are all seeking the same Savior, the same salvation. Steve's going to come and play a song, and we're going to join him in singing it in a moment. The song is, we're all seeking the same Savior. We're all seeking the self-same Lord. We're all claiming the same cleansing. We're all finding our peace restored. I hope that's your experience, that you've sought the Savior that you found him, that he's given you peace and purpose, don't hold that in because other people are seeking that as well. They may be seeking it in all the wrong places. They may be um, going astray and, and messing up their lives, but that's what they're looking for. And maybe you have a contact point with them and, and you can share in some way the love of God, what he's done in your life. And maybe you can share the words as well. Let's sing the um, words to this song. We're all seeking the same Savior.
wonder, have you found this Savior? Have you been cleansed by him? Is your peace restored? Peace between yourself and God. Peace between yourself and your your brothers and sisters in Christ. If that's true in your own life, then I ask you this morning to make a commitment to share God's whosoever policy with someone that needs him this week. But I want you to pray about that first, to seek God's guidance. Some of you can can pray right where you're at, right in your pew. Others might benefit, benefit from a few moments here at this mercy seat, at this holiness table. I challenge us all to have the freedom to come to these places and and to pray. It's a place of grace and mercy. And it can do your heart good to come and, and just kneel before the Lord, bring your burdens, your challenges before Him. So I invite you to pray. The first thing I want you to pray for is that person that you're responsible for directing to the Lord. Pray for him or her or them. Maybe it's a family. Pray for them by name. Express to the Lord your sincere interest on their behalf. Make this your sincere prayer for them. My heart's desire and prayer to God for whoever is that he or she may be saved. That's the prayer. Or perhaps, more importantly in this moment, if you are the person that needs to be saved, please know that there are people in this room praying for you right now. I don't know who you are, but there are people here praying for you right now. Mean it when God, when you say to God, my heart's desire and prayer for my own life is that I would be saved. Then just let him do it. And finally, seek the leading of the Holy Spirit. He'll be glad to show you the way. What he asks you to do might be something quite simple and painless. Share the CD with someone. Bake a cake um, and give it to a friend. For others, it may be a very challenging request. But the question this morning is, is your heart ready? And is your heart willing? So let's spend a few moments with the Lord, just in personal prayer, where you're at, or feel free to come forward as well. Let's pray. thank you this this morning for placing a person in the mind of each of our hearts someone we know who needs you whether they understand that they need you or not we know that they they need you Lord and Lord as we visualize that person see their face or their faces God I pray that you would give us such a uh, a deep love for them sincere concern for their eternal souls and Lord also perhaps an idea of how we can be of practical help to them God I thank you that at some point you laid us on someone's heart 
someone who reached out to us, a Sunday school teacher, a, a family member, an officer, a pastor, somebody. God, we don't want to be unfruitful servants. So, Lord, we desire as well to share what we've been given. And so, God, I pray that right now we would seal this commitment with you to follow your Holy Spirit's leading, to reach out and to um, to help someone find you, to point them in your direction. And then, Lord, your Holy Spirit will do the rest. But we come as your humble servants, grateful for all you've done for us. And we give you praise. Bless us this day, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing that chorus once more as... Um, Hank comes to close our meeting, but at any time you want to come pray, this is a place where you should feel comfortable. Let's sing. worship you as the God of all mankind. You, you do not limit your love to just a small group of insiders. Rather, you pour out your spirit on all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you welcome whoever believes into your kingdom, who can question your judgment, Lord? I praise you and thank you that faith and grace Repentance are gifts from your generous hand, freely given to all who will receive. Amen. And the vocal benediction will be, give to Jesus glory, and we're going to get a good note from Steve to start on. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Bursley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.